0: Hey guys, this is Neil and Martin and welcome to this week's episode of Get Your Comic Con. This week we are going to be talking about the final episode of Game of Thrones. We're also going to be talking about a couple of the biggest news stories of the week, taking a look at the latest episode of Doom Patrol, as well as not one but two comic books this week. I'm going to be talking about the fifth issue of Marvel's Daredevil and what are you going to be telling us about? Uh, I'm going
1: to have a chat about the latest Teen Titans. Very exciting.
0: Very exciting. So without further ado, we got some weird and wonderful news this week, which was that Robert Pattinson may or may not be Batman. So his name was first thrown in the ring for this one ages ago and then it kind of went away along with Nicholas Holt and Army Hammer and all the other names and then all of a sudden it was Variety said Robert Pattinson is Batman, then half an hour later Deadline said he might be Batman but so might Nicholas Holt and then The Hollywood Reporter said yeah he might be Batman and so might Nicholas Holt and so might Army Hammer at which point we just went full circle all the way back to no one's actually been cast as Batman and nothing has actually changed and that's what no one's talking about. (laughs) Everyone was like oh my god he's Batman. No one realized that we actually went from he's Batman to the status quo we've had for like the last year.
1: Oh I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah so his name has been banded around for ages And the only thing that's changed is that they've said recently that now is about the time that they would be making a decision because they need to be heading into production, which is supposed to start in November. So the only thing we really know is that they're supposedly closer, but the shortlist of actors to play Batman hasn't actually changed. The only thing that changed was that Variety out and out claimed it and said, he is about to sign to be Batman. And then everyone else said, yeah, he's the front runner, but it's not a done deal yet meaning that nothing has actually changed as far as any of us are concerned. There's just now a, a, a like ten different petitions to have him removed from a film he's not officially been cast in. But it's all good press. No press is bad press. And how do we feel about this potential I'm, casting? I'm completely indifferent. I've only ever seen him in uh, Thou Shall Not Be Named, sparkly vampire movie. I've not actually seen him in anything else. Um, Remember Me is one that people talk about quite a lot and say if you... I've only seen him in that other movie go and see this because he's quite good in it. But I'm completely indifferent. What about you? I don't really want a sparkly Batman. But he won't... That's just stupid though, isn't it? Because he won't be.
1: I know, but in my mind he'll always be sparkly. That's a bit weird. Not in my like
0: car. Too late, you've said it now. Yeah, uh, it's gone now. I can't justify that. No. Um. yeah. I have, nothing, I have nothing to base it on because I've never seen him act in anything other than that. And... He was a huge pop culture sensation because of Twilight so regardless of how bad that movie was whatever he did in it was good enough to make him instantly famous overnight. That says to me that there's some form of talent in there somewhere. Yeah I mean it'd be interesting to see where it goes next. We talked about it in our Batman podcast before but people wrote to Warner Brothers about Michael Keaton in the days before the internet and computers People hated Michael Keaton, absolutely hated him, so they would ruin the whole thing. People wrote about Christian Bale on the fledgling version of the internet, like Face Party and Myspace, and said Christian Bale is the worst person ever that could possibly be Batman, and people love him. Similarly, people hated Ben Affleck. This just happens when someone knew his Batman. You can never please everybody. No, you can't please everybody. It's completely true. And sometimes with the internet, you can't please anyone. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Now, the latest rumour is um, that there's going to be a minimum of six villains in this movie, in- including Penguin and Catwoman. That's a bit busy. Well, we don't know what the story is yet. If it's a detective story, it could be taking them all over Gotham, or it could even be like a lock-up in Arkham and there's a prison riot kind of situation. Oh, yeah, that might work. There's plenty of ways it could go. It's just interesting to see how much there's been... Just like my Twitter feed, apart from today because of Game of Thrones, my Twitter feed has just been Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson all weekend long.
1: And have they said where the story is going to set? Is it going to take? Is it going to be in the Justice League universe, or are we taking it somewhere else, like Joker?
0: Uh, I believe Matt Reeves has said it's as much in the universe as like Wonder Woman and Aquaman, so it would probably be not connected, but in that world, there might be mm. like a, a nod in the background there somewhere, but it won't be hugely connected.
1: So I wonder if we're just going to see—is it? Is he a young Ben Affleck? Is he I don't
0: think they'll make any connection whatsoever. They'll want to sever ties from that at this point, so he will just be a younger Batman. Oh, he's just a direct replacement. Then we're just not going to talk about it. It'll probably be similar to how Keaton went into Kilmer, went into Clooney. Yeah, enough. I mean the only connection between Val Kilmer and George Clooney is those costumes that you see in Arkham in the background. But it's still I know, in the world of
1: the and yeah. garden.
0: There's, en- there's enough there that it's familiar, but it's different at the same time. I don't. I just don't think they'll make a big deal of it because there's no point. They won't want to make a big deal of it anyway.
1: Well, we'll, we'll do that for them.
0: So <laughs> it needs to be a smooth transition. So that's what they'll they'll try their best to do. Be interesting to see what villains they pick, though. Penguin and Catwoman are fairly obvious ones, but I wonder where they'll go from there.
1: I want to see something new, something a bit different.
0: You could, in theory, have said that it's a, it would sound like a storyline like Hush, but they won't do an animated version and a movie version in the space of a couple of years.
1: When you see something that's about wacky, let's bring out the Condiment King or something. <laughs>
0: that's a that's a deep cut. Okay. Um. And why? Well, why not? What? Uh, all right. I <laughs> can't argue with that one. Um. What about Egghead? Bring back Egghead.
1: We get to score Full Hog and bring in Neil Patrick Harris as the. Full music. Hog? Professor yeah. Pig? Oh, we could have Yeah, very good. I see what you've done there. bringing a bit of Neil Patrick Harris as the, the Music Meister.
0: The Music Meister! <laughs> Thank you. Fan recording coming soon. Why oh, did I didn't know you were going to do that? <laughs> that episode's amazing. That's, that's a good episode of uh, Brave and the Bold. But again, we digress. Yes. Uh, so was that from you, was that a, I'm in on our pets or I'm not?
1: It was a, yeah.
0: Okay. If you've got your opinions, which I'm sure absolutely everybody does and you've probably been sharing them all weekend, just let us know on social media because we're interested to know what genuine Batman fans think rather than Twilight fans or people that just say hashtag release the Snyder Cut every five minutes.
1: Moving swiftly on... <laughs>
0: So onto our first comic book review for the week. I'm going to tell you about Daredevil number 5 from Marvel Comics. It's written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Cicchetto. I hope I pronounced that right. And colours by Sonny Go. So there's a little synopsis that's on the first page which says, When Matt Murdock was a kid, he lost his sight in an accident involving radioactive chemicals, which we all know. Though he could no longer see, the chemicals heightened Murdock's other senses and imbued him with an amazing 360 degree radar sense. Now Matt uses abilities to fight for his city as Daredevil. Then, when you go into this specific issue, Daredevil is wanted for murder. Detective Cole North, a tough-as-nails transplant from Chicago, has been tasked with bringing the kitchen's guardian devil in. After a fistfight in the middle of Hell's Kitchen with Detective North, Daredevil engages in a shootout underground with the Punisher, where he learns of the Owl's big drug plans. Battered and bloody, Daredevil has set his sights on taking down the Owl next. The Owl's? No, the owl. It's just one man who looks a bit like Wolverine.
1: Ah, okay. I thought not,
0: we were having like some weird... Not owls like the court of. It's like, good lord, they're everywhere. So you've not read this series at all?
1: No, I, I don't get on very well with Marvel Comics.
0: Why is that? Because, well,
1: you know this tale. I just I find it too complicated to know where to start with all this ultimate, amazing, the best of... of the different
0: universes. The
1: friends of and you know, all this business. Um, And then the one time I actually read a Marvel comic and really enjoyed it, they cancelled it in the middle with no explanation.
0: Was that the X-Men series that you were reading? You can hear my outrage, listeners. Well, this is really good. So I picked this up uh, on the recommendation of one of our listeners. Hey, Mark, if you are listening. Uh, Because it was number one, because it's just started again. I expected you to do a Patrick Stewart impression for a minute there. (laughs) Number one. And actually... I read number one and number two, and then I struggled a little bit with number three. It took me a little while to read it. And then uh, I motored through number four and was really excited to read this one because what they've done is, and I'm sure somebody out there will tell me that they've done this before, but this isn't something I've read with Daredevil before. They've really deconstructed the character. It's quite a, uh, it's quite downbeat. And we know I like things that are a bit maudlin. So all they've really done is beat the character down for five whole issues, which has been really quite good fun to read. So, kind of like where you find him at the beginning of season three of the Netflix series when he's kind of been presumed dead but isn't and has been out of the loop for a little while. It's kind of put him back in New York City where he doesn't really understand the landscape because he's been missing for a while. So, Kingpin is the mayor of New York which he is in all of discontinuity of Marvel at the moment so he is in Spider-Man as well. And that obviously puts him at odds with Daredevil. I don't know why I'm waving my iPad at you, by the way. It's very distracting. Sorry. Um... (laughs) <laughs> so he kind of doesn't understand the landscape and he almost is unwelcome in hell's kitchen which has been his territory forever and it, it's a bit so in a way it's kind of fish out of water and it's just really interesting to see and in each of the issues he's just been beaten down a little bit more and more so like in the first one he just he was trying to re-acclimatize himself but didn't really know what to do as Matt so then picked up the daredevil mantle again and then found this detective north that's on his tail all the time who just doesn't appreciate vigilantes being around in New York City at all and then by the time you get to the end of issue four there's a massive shootout in the street no sorry issue three there's this huge shootout in the street and it ends up with Daredevil being rescued from the police by Punisher and in issue four the two of them have this huge fight and by the end of it Daredevil's pretty much at the end of his tether he's also lost his costume so he's now wearing a Punisher t-shirt with his Daredevil mask so this one kind of follows him and I said this in my review of issue four which came out a few weeks ago And if you're interested, my Issue 5 review did actually publish on the website just this week. He's at his lowest and We've seen him wielding a gun, which is something that Daredevil wouldn't normally do. We're seeing him at the end of his tether, wandering around the streets of New York, basically completely broken and not necessarily in particularly good shape. But what they do in this one, which I also thought was really interesting, is when he's wandering around, he then meets the Defenders. So we get a little cameo from Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist. Um, and they take him and kind of nurse him back to health a little bit but the crux of what's going on with him psychologically is that he's killed someone at some point before this series has started and he's really struggling with the fact that someone died in his hands and what the the defenders all say to him is all of us have done that it's happened to everyone it's like a you know, hazard of the job and you think for a minute that it's going to be one of those situations where he's gonna then identify with them and sort of say okay yeah actually." Do you know what I don't need to shoulder the burden by myself we've all been here it's a occupational hazard but in actual fact uh, so Luke Cage says to him we've all been here and he says what and Luke says sometimes people die sometimes it's our fault and then Jessica says none of us go out looking for it none of us are careless but it happens and we deal with it and we move on and then Matt's reaction I completely didn't expect which is he says my god you're all murderers and at which point he completely turns his back on everyone and the issue ends with him uh, purging himself of the devil, which would obviously be quite a religious metaphor that fits with him. There's also a cameo from Spider-Man. And the issue ends with him kind of no longer as Daredevil. He says, cast the devil out, and it, then the kind of teaser for next issue is him back in his Matt Murdock clothes. So it's just, it's really unexpected in the way that it does it because I thought he would use that common ground with his team to kind of heal himself and get back to being dead and realise that although it's a ha- it's a horrible thing that happened, it's a horrible thing that happens to all heroes at some point. But for him to turn around to them all and say you're all murderers and turn your back on, like completely turn his back on them, I thought was really interesting. That's why I thought we would talk about this, because it's, it's an unexpected great read and the artwork is really cool as well. For Marvel it's quite dark and it's quite edgy and even Spider-Man, uh, so I'm just... For, for those at home i'm just showing martin page 20 of 24 with spider-man on it it's quite it's quite dark and it's quite it's very detailed it's re, it's just really cool artwork so it's one that I highly recommend if you've not read it already i gave this issue a 7 out of 10 in my review which you can read over on the website oh, sounds very interesting have i made you a convert
1: no uh, i don't know i do tend to hold a grudge so
0: <laughs> well you've got five issues so it's it's well worth it you can pick them all up on Comixology and they're in stores now That leads us into our first TV discussion for this week. We're going to be talking about a couple of TV episodes. We're going to do Game of Thrones, and then a little bit later on we're going to talk about Doom Patrol. So we literally just finished watching the final episode of Game of Thrones. Final episode ever. Last. Gone. Bye-bye Game of Thrones. Bye-bye Westeros. Hello, West of Westeros. Wherever that may be. (laughs) The, The maps don't show. That is where the maps end. So I'm really interested to hear your hot take on this one because you've read all the books that have been published thus far. I've only read two and a half and admittedly as much as I enjoy Game of Thrones I enjoy it mostly when they're slicing each other up or people are being set on fire. I enjoy the talky bits a little bit less. I think you're more of a qualified Game of Thrones fan to give us your opinion. So first thoughts on the end of Game of Thrones. Okay, Can you elaborate on the deep intake of breath?
1: I think it's it's been eight years Technically nine because of the gap between season seven and eight Very long years and that's a lot of hype to live up to and I don't think they've lived up to it which is unfortunate but then I think they've sort of created this great
0: big, massive, all-encompassing thing. Did you not think it... That nobody could live up to that? Exactly. It's the biggest TV show of all time. And when you think about TV shows ending, it's always polarising. If you think way back to, like, Buffy days, even then series finales were polarising. Same with Angel.
1: Yeah, but we didn't really have the internet then, did we?
0: No. And as shows get bigger, like Breaking Bad, for instance, another hugely polarising one... How I Met Your Mother, massively polarizing ending. It always it always is really difficult I think for writers to figure out how to end. Look at Endgame as well. We talked about it when we, we did our podcast on that one. If you get into the frame of mind of the writer, so if you think about uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss that have been doing Game of Thrones for the entire eight years, nine years, they are not just trying to please Uh, George R. R. Martin and what he wants to do in the books they're not just trying to please HBO they're not just trying to please the fans and the actors that they've grown to know over that whole decade nearly but they have to please themselves as well and I think it must be incredibly difficult to come up with something that is satisfying to you and everyone else who has a stake in it especially when it's essentially the biggest TV show of all time
1: yeah I mean that's fair enough I just felt a bit rushed in a way
0: this last season has felt very rushed to me. This
1: feels like they've just not had enough time. And everything just seems is either a bit too convenient. Or they've just been like, oh no, we've run out of time. They'll just, oh, kill them. Okay, next.
0: Yeah, this last season has felt really rushed. But then oddly this episode felt quite slow paced in comparison. I feel like if you look at season eight, one and two were really slow. Then you had The Long Night, which was... A long episode, but very fast in the fight. Then we barely had time to breathe before we went south, and then he said north, north <laughs> uh, to King's Landing, and then that all went really fast. From the battle at Winterfell to the battle at King's Landing, all went really fast, and now we've just shoved the brake on again and gone really slow for this last episode. Focus in on just this one, this last episode. We can flesh out the season a little bit more in a second, but this episode highlight moment. I think
1: it was probably um, Danny in the throne room, I think. That was probably my highlight and my low light. I mean, it's, I'd imagine everybody's seen it, so there's no chance of any spoilers. Um, but you know, that... So I mean, her death was a bit like, oh, is that it? Um, but the bit after that was when when Drogo came, and that was really sweet, and how he destroyed the throne, and then flew off with her. I thought that was more heart-wrenching than actually her and John, their last moment together. I almost didn't really care about their last moment. I was more engrossed when when the dragon appeared. I thought there was more emotion in that bit there than yeah, it was there it was actually. Yeah, there was, actually,
0: you're right. And there was some real irony in the there. fact she never, we never actually got to see her sit on the throne.
1: Oh, I know, eight, nine years and she's not sat on that bloody throne.
0: It's quite, yeah. But that's... And I realise I keep straying slightly off this final episode, but it's so difficult given that we literally just watched it and I'm processing all of it. But that seems to to me to have almost been... What they've wanted to do with this season is all those things you wanted to see, they brought you really close and then pulled the rug out from underneath you and gone, ha-ha, we know you really wanted that, so we didn't do it. Like, no one killed Cersei. Yeah. A a brick killed Cersei. It wasn't Arya, it wasn't... A couple of bricks. (laughs) Yeah. But no one got to do the deed, and people wanted to see her get a comeuppance, and that didn't happen. People wanted to see Danny on the throne, and that didn't happen. You know, Arya was really close to getting to Cersei, Danny was touching the throne. No one got to sit on the throne because the throne no longer exists. There was a lot, there was just. I don't know, I felt like you were really close to all the things you wanted to see, and then it was taken away. But then maybe that's going to generate millions of conversations between people that will go on for a long time, and that becomes the longevity of the show, is that you talk about how much. You know, what you wanted to see and what you didn't get to see and what you didn't like, as opposed to what you did like, rather than everybody walking away from it going, ah, that was awesome. Let's move on with life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I mean, um, you know, I've invested what nine years of my life into the program, but in a way, I'm like, okay, I almost see this as a completely different story to the books because, in a way, they, they completely are. So when we leave the last book, everybody's in a completely different place, heading in different directions with, you know, Hundreds of different characters. We even got another Targaryen in line for this role, not just Danny. Yeah. So I'd be really, int- I'd be more interested in seeing what's going to happen next if he ever finishes it.
0: It'll be interesting to see if it does flesh out things we didn't see. So, like for instance, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, but where did Drogon take Danny's body?
1: Well, we're just him back to Old Valyria.
0: I'm glad we got to see Cersei's body. Because I did have this horrible feeling that it would... You'd get, like, a, Either she'd crop up in that episode or at the very... You know, like, at the end of Batman Returns when Catwoman's head appears and you realise she's still alive. You can imagine Cersei's little cropped hairdo just appearing in the, out of nowhere and it'd be like, <gasps> She's alive! kind of situation. I sincerely hope that we're not about to get, like, the Arya World Traveller spin-off. You never know. I don't think I could handle it. No offence to Maisie Williams, but I just... Don't like Arya
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not really, I don't think she's strong enough to build an entire show herself in some place that doesn't exist. I'm not convinced yeah, that completely. when she goes west of Westeros, she just ends up on the other side because there's a big circle. There was, no,
0: there was nothing on the horizon from that boat that we saw, so she could end up in the middle of nowhere. She could just go around in a circle and end up east of Westeros.
1: Well, if you look <laughs> at the opening credits, they're inside this giant ball. Oh, anyway. it's, inside, it's
0: inverted, isn't it? Yeah, so, so she, she could, could go all the way around. She might get to the top and fall out. Depends what gravity's like in in this strange, opposite world. (laughs) Okay, so I mean, I suppose you kind of said, but I was, you know, your low light was also the throne room scene. Then I guess.
1: Yeah, and I suppose it's. I mean, it was an interesting choice for the the new king as well. But like you said, he was the first.
0: Exactly. Character in the book that was my. So okay, so context. I read the spoiler leaks as they came out through this season because the, the one thing that... This is this is my thing. And I was saying this to, uh, to Rob from Earthline DC today. From my point of view, I am almost constantly on social media because I'm having to manage stuff for the website. So making sure the posts are up there and making sure that everything is ticking over as it's supposed to. So purely because I'm social media managing it, I find, and I have found over the last few years, that it's almost impossible to avoid spoilers. So I gave up and I just read it because then I can either be angry with myself because I've read something I didn't want to know or I still get excited when I watch it anyway. At least that way I only blame myself and I don't get angry at some other poor faceless person for spoiling it for me. So when the leak came out a couple of weeks ago for episodes five and six, I read it and thought, hmm, this could be an interesting ending. And part of my enjoyment of the last two episodes was seeing what was right and what was wrong, which turned out to that everything was actually completely right. Oh, so I can tell you all about it now. You haven't... I've been keeping this secret for, like, two weeks. So the spoilers had uh, everything from the last episode, so all the deaths. So I knew about... Uh, what, well, everyone? I knew about Cer- Cersei and Jamie, I knew about uh, pretty much everything in that one. And then for this final episode, I knew that Jon killed Danny. I knew that Drogon flew off with her body, and I knew that Bran ended up on the on the throne with this whole idea of democracy introduced to the world of Westeros. And then I learned this morning there was an extra bit that I learnt this morning, which was about Sansa being queen of the North. That wasn't mentioned in what I'd read earlier. That came in. That was miraculously added today.
1: Yeah. I mean it's interesting. So you know, we've, she she did achieve what she's wanting to achieve. She broke the wheel. She did. The wheel is broken. And everything else. And did the you... Starks
0: have taken over the world. Well, they've taken over the six slash seven kingdoms.
1: Well, you've got Jon as the Lord Commander.
0: Oh, I'm forgetting West of Westeros as well, sorry. And North of the Wall, so yes, we have taken over everything. So we've got
1: Above the Wall, we've got the North, we've got King's Landing, and we've got West of Westeros or the Circle.
0: So they're everywhere, really. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, what I was going to say then was, did you feel like that scene where Bran was elected king... Was maybe a little bit preachy. I felt like they lingered a little bit too long on the notion of democracy. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But I like didn't I don't know. The message just didn't feel subtle to me. I didn't feel like I was watching a world of kings and queens and dragons learn about a new idea of society. I felt like I was watching a bunch of actors in a very successful TV show preach the idea of democracy to a world that is maybe a little bit less democratic than it should be.
1: And then sort of mock at the idea of democracy when Samuel says let's give the people a vote and they're like, no, we will decide because we're the most powerful people in the room.
0: Yeah. Although ultimately it worked because then Tyrion did that speech and every king should be elected from then on. Although it did say, yeah, so you're right. He said they'd be elected by by the the lords and ladies. Not that it would, just the lords. So, actually, democracy didn't reign, did it?
1: It didn't in some way. But then, is that a comment on society today? Yeah. Only those in power decide
0: who gets to be in power. Yeah. The rest of us just feel like we're in charge, but we're not really. I felt like that could have been done differently, and it was just a little bit too on the nose for me. That was. (laughs) That was. You know, that was my Martha moment of Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah, it would seemed. I mean, I don't want to say it seemed easy in the end because it was, you know, it John no and Danny felt too
0: easy. It
1: did feel a little bit like, oh, she's dead, and I wanted her to be a bit more dramatic in her death. I just read I his... wanted. I wanted to like cry out, Dracarys, or something.
0: What did you want to see him get flamed so that he then wouldn't burn? Yeah. Oh I yeah. just I never thought of that. There you go. See, she could have shown. Well, she would have known anyway because she knew he was a Targaryen. It
1: yeah, you know, still would have been
0: nice to have seen. I know a lot of people wanted to see that. There's actually a really interesting quote from uh, Amelia Clark about that death scene, which I shall read to you now. Uh, You've got to do your best Amelia Clarke accent. I can't do an Amelia Clark accent. What does she sound like? Well, I don't know. You're going to give us a demonstration. All I can think in my head now is East London. I don't think she's an East London girl. So Amelia Clarke was not prepared for what happens to her character and it took her a long time to accept what she was reading in the final season script. I cried, she admits, and then I went for a walk. I walked out of the house and took my keys and phone and walked back with blisters on my feet. I didn't come back for five hours. I'm like, how am I gonna do this? Of course she found a way to come to terms with Danny's fate and then you get to see what happens in that episode. Speaking of which, she says, I thought she was going to die. I feel very taken care of as a character in that sense. It's a very beautiful and touching ending. Hopefully what you'll see in that last moment as she's dying is that there's a vulnerability to her. There's the little girl that you met in season one, see? She's right there, and now she's not there anymore. So, what she is saying here is that she was going for that vulnerability that she hadn't expected that John would do that to her, and that the naive little girl from season one came back for a second to sort of say, How could you do this? And then, Ah! Well, she never made that noise, did she? She just, ugh, gone. No, she was just gone. She didn't get to do the awful Talia Agul. Dark Knight Rises. <coughs> Death type noise. <boys>. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't do that, but you know, I was hoping for a little. Maybe like a little tear. A single tear would have done it. You had a
0: drop of blood run out of her nose and her mouth. Yeah, but. I know. Never start on that. I know, I know. Uh, you haven't asked me what my highlight or my low light were. You're probably going to say the whole thing was your low light because you're not a massive fan. No, I actually enjoyed this episode. Aha! Uh-huh. Didn't see oh. that coming, did you? I. Sorry. Yeah, but it was all talking, you hate the talking. I know, but I was surprised by how hopeful the ending was. Like Quite a, shocked in saying that as well. Like a new hope. No, it's not. Well, they are. Well done! Are you saying that because you know they're writing the next Star Wars? Oh, are they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I did know that. Uh huh. Your face says otherwise. No, I just. I was surprised that after eight years of beating everyone down, and I realise I'm going back to almost what I was saying about Daredevil, they built them up a little bit at the end and it didn't just sort of end, we flashed forwards and had everyone in a happier position. So I actually quite appreciated that. So with Arya on the boat and the the Northmen chanting, Queen of the North! Queen of the North! (laughs) And even Jon back as the doodah of the what's it.
1: Ah yes, that impressive title. I the, know the doodah of the what's it.
0: The big black muffy thing. Lord Commander. That's the one. Jon back as Lord Commander. Everyone, kind of in their own way, whilst being separate, still had a happy ending. And that was not something I would ever have expected from Game of Thrones. Now Which is probably be... part of the reason why they did it, I would imagine, yeah. to subvert expectation.
1: They all got to be where they wanted to be. Maybe not Bran, because you
0: know. I don't know how I feel about Bran. It like, this seems king. a
1: bit odd that we've we've spent what? Almost the whole nine years of he's the three eyed raven, he's the three eyed raven. Oh no he's we're just gonna forget all about that, he's gonna be the king.
0: Well he's the omnipresent king, he's he knows everything. He knows the history, he knows the future, he can walk and do everything. He's the all powerful king. I don't know what I'd say my low light was. Um Not finding out what happened to Danny. I don't really care about that actually. I just I quite like that he, she just flew off and disappeared.
1: Well what I, I quite like to seem to see her like being deposited in old Valeria or something I thought or living like in a nest he, of
0: dragons. If he dropped her. I am not gonna drop her. I thought he was gonna eat her at one point. I thought he, well, I thought he might have just accidentally dropped her in the sea. Gone.
1: <laughs> Do <you> know Hen
0: <laughs> Gone, never to be seen again. I don't think I really had a particularly low light because overall I thought it was a bit near, but okay at the same time. I'm just hopeful for the next book. And the three spin-offs, which are all in pre-production right now at HBO.
1: Do You know what? I'm looking forward to The Lord of the Rings TV show. That might fill the gap.
0: Yay, can't wait for that one. (laughs) I
1: (laughs) do, (laughs) do love a bit of Lord of the Rings as well.
0: I'm sure that will be epic. Any final thoughts on Game of Thrones?
1: No, it's just been a very long wait.
0: How long until you start the inevitable Blu-ray rewatch? When
1: this series comes out, and I can start again from the beginning.
0: Surely if you started at the beginning again now, by the time you got to season 8, season 8 would be coming out?
1: No, I'm going to give it a little bit of time just to breathe and digest, and then
0: I'll go back. I can confirm it's up for pre-order on Amazon, so it won't be too long. I'm sure it'll be out just in time for Christmas.
1: Very good. And we'll have to arrange our trip to Belfast to visit the... Oh, surely that will be... Museum.
0: I was going to say, surely that will become like a Harry Potter monument to all things Game of Thrones. Well, they're already building, I think. Oh. Presumably they'll reconstruct the throne room, otherwise you won't be sitting there very much.
1: Well, like a pile of melted... Iron. Iron.
0: <laughs> oh, actually, that's point. That is my low light of the episode. A Song of Ice and Fire... Oh yeah, I don't like that. That, that was, was a face um, palm.
1: Who? What was what? There's another program that's done that before as well. That's like
0: quite that. an old trope. You're uh, you're surely referring to uh, Private Practice. Oh no. When the psychologist in the final episode wrote a book that was called Private Practice, all about the characters of Private Practice.
1: Oh god, <laughs> that's exactly right. I do not watch that
0: program. So what do you think about it? It's quite a, it's quite a normal trope to do that, particularly in something that's more fantasy. Admittedly, private practice is a bit of a weird one to do that. I like how Tyrion's not mentioning that at all. That made me chuckle. Yeah, that was a bit sad. Poor little guy.
1: It's interesting that Sam didn't write the book, so I thought he would have written it.
0: I'm going to have to admit something, now. I must have dozed off for a minute. Who actually wrote the book? Oh, another archmeister. he said. He said the name, but I can't remember. Oh, right, okay. So it wasn't somebody important. It may have been, but I can't remember the name. (laughs) We did only finish watching this, like... 40 minutes or so ago before I hit record on the podcast so you know a few details may be slightly sketchy in the afterglow of watching it if you've got nothing more to say about Game of Thrones we will move on to another breaking news story from the week well I say breaking it's not breaking because it happened days ago but you know big news story of the week which was Batwoman first trailer for Batwoman which is coming to the CW in America later this year probably September October time which was a surprise actually because a lot of people expected it would pick up after Arrow when Arrow finished, but it will actually start alongside all of the other shows, apart from Legends. Legends is the one that's going to start later. Before we have a little chat about it, have a little listen to the Batwoman trailer. Crows represent order. Security. Safety. Batman gave up on us. The Bat's not coming back. Something's up.
1: Eyes everywhere.
0: Hello, said Alice. Shall we believe the crows will protect us? <laughs> Agent Moore, do copy. Do you
1: copy? Sophie's missing. I thought you should know. Hey, Dad. We're gonna find her. Then let me help. Bad idea. Where'd you get this? What happened to staying out of it? Do the in your eyes. Is there something you'd like to report to your squad? But then I we come alive. I'm gonna take you down Ran in with a proper backup. I'm taking down I do not want her getting in the way. Curiouser and curiouser. What do you want? I need you to send your father a message. To You're all I have left, Kate, and I don't want to lose you too. Wayne, security. You owe my boss a new door. Your boss is my cousin. You, you, you don't want to go near that. You were, you were seriously not supposed to know what's down there.
0: So I have this thing with Rolls?
1: I need you to fix his suit. The suit is literal perfection. It will be. When it fits a woman. Wayne. Awesome. Hilarious. Handsome. Now it's the In the night I'll be Look! It's Batman! They think I'm him. I'm not about to let a man take credit for a woman's work.
0: I thought it looked quite different. It almost looked like it was shot on film rather than digital. Because I, I, I've been saying this to a couple of people, but I feel like Arrow, as much as I love it, looks really cheap the way it's filmed at the moment. It looks like it's filmed on like an iPhone, whereas this felt to me like it was filmed really well.
1: And it kind of, it came across as much darker as well.
0: Irony on that one is that it's actually going to be on Sundays at eight pm with Supergirl on Sundays at nine. I would really have expected Batgirl, to be on at 9 to allow it to be a, just that little bit edgier. Yeah, super, I wouldn't really say Supergirls edgy. No. Not that we've seen the finale, so it could go to dark places.
1: What were your standout moments from the trailer? Anything you thought, ooh? It was or, interesting ooh. seeing a
0: Mark One suit. Didn't expect there to be different versions of the suit. So obviously you got to see that Bat suit in the background that is in Wayne Enterprises where she goes with, with Luke Fox. And she does that whole line about... Uh, costume is really cool but you need to make it fit for a woman, it would be perfect if it was for a woman. And then you see her in the costume but it's not the costume we saw her in in Elseworlds. She doesn't have the red wig, she has the full-on cowl as per what Batman wore without the hair which I thought was quite interesting. So we're obviously gonna see some development on her suit. It was clearly all black as well, there was no red accents in the suit at all. So I quite like that. When you think about like the flash suit, totally not the Supergirl suit because that's been the same all the way through but like the arrow suit as well. developed over time and became different so I'm wondering whether we'll see that over the course of a couple of episodes. I don't know. The thing that I don't quite get yet and I'm really excited to see is how they're gonna get from what's clearly her origin to Elseworlds. Because if you think about when we met her in Elseworlds she was clearly not just Batwoman. She had been Batwoman for a while at that point and she clearly hasn't in the pilot from what we see in this trailer. So by the time Crisis on Infinite Earths happens, we need to have, like, caught up. So that's going to be really interesting to see.
1: Yeah.
0: Also means that those early episodes aren't tied to her knowing the other characters in the Arrowverse either. Well, it's a different universe anyway, isn't it? She's got Earth. And see, I couldn't remember this. 15 or something. Was it a different Was it a different Earth they went to in Elseworlds? I it was, yeah. Listeners at home, you will know remind us whether it was a different earth or not I can't remember off the top of my head
1: because that was the whole thing about Kara being there because she's from a different earth and then they go to another earth and it's all a whole big earth jumping thing
0: it was wasn't it and then the anti-monitor was there doing his stuff no we're wrong it was earth one I'm reading it now on earth 90 Flash escapes as a mysterious figure uses a powerful book to destroy that earth on earth one the same figure gives that book to Arkham Asylum psychiatrist John Deacon so no she was on earth one so, okay, so my point is valid, we're, we're gonna spend at least a little bit of time with her, not connected to the rest of those characters, which would be quite nice, because when you think about how Flash started, he was already tied to Arrow, and Legends is obviously massively tied to everything. Supergirl was the only one that, that wasn't, and she now heavily is tied to everything anyway, even without being on the same Earth. So well, we should get a little bit of time for her to breathe and grow as a character before she gets thrown into the mix. Highlights for you? The potential for expanding the Bat universe. It will be interesting to see what characters they're allowed to use. If even as just as villains.
1: We've got a Batwoman. We've got Luke Fox. Is there so going to Bat be Wing. Batwing? We've got a Batman suit. If we're in that stage of the Bat family, then you know what I'm going to say. Is there going to be a little Robin hanging around?
0: I wonder. Is it, are we going to go to Bloodhaven? Because it's been mentioned. It has been mentioned. We've seen it. We've been there on Arrow. Um... I know there's a few people out there who I've spoken to in the last few days that thought that trailer was a little bit too female empowerment because there's that line where she says about not letting men take credit for things and it it feels a little clunky to a few people. I didn't pick up on it the first time but I can see where people are coming from. So I wondered whether they'd introduce Carrie Kelly and have a female Robin. We know they like to play with continuity a little bit so what's not to say that Batwoman doesn't have a female Robin?
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. Could we not bring in, like, a Cassandra Keane sort of thing? That would be
0: quite cool. That's what I thought when I first saw the suit in the trailer where she doesn't have the wig on, because it's a sealed cowl. It looks very Cassandra Keane.
1: Hmm, Let's make her a bit of Orphan in there. We could get a bit of Batgirl.
0: There's still rumours about her... Well, obviously there's still rumours about her having a film, which they're still developing, but also there was a rumour about there being a Batgirl series for DC Universe.
1: And oh, no, we've now been confirmed that the DC Universe shows are actually going to be interconnected. Aren't That's they? not confirmed. Well, there was rumblings of
0: it. Matt Ryan supposedly said it at a conference, convention, even a conference. <laughs> it's a bit very too partial. At <laughs> 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 convention over the weekend, that there is some talk about there being a bit of a connection, but even those are on different worlds.
1: But it doesn't really mean anything, does
0: it? Because we know we can. Worlds could them. mean anything. Are oh, the Elseworlds? Crisis on Infinite Earths could mean anything by the end of this year.
1: It could. We could just reset the whole... That's the whole point of a crisis. We just
0: reset. Anything in the trailer you didn't really like? No, I don't think so. What about you? No. I'm pretty hyped for it. And really nice to see Rachel Scarston as the villain. Who's Rachel scarston he says. Who's Rachel Scarsden? I'm not very good with the names.
1: Oh, come on. Give, give me, like, her... What's she been in? That would give it
0: away. Well,
1: that's the whole point. Cause I'm not good with her actual names.
0: Okay, so listeners, what I'm doing right now, as I'm keeping you listening, is I'm just Googling a picture of Rachel Scarsden, and I'm going to hold it up, and we're going to see if Martin can figure out who she is or what she was originally from. Here is her picture.
1: Now, give me another one.
0: That's very photoshopped. <laughs> All right. Body shaming aside... I'm not body shaming, but she's clearly in a wind towel. <laughs> okay, can you get it from this one?
1: I'm now holding up a
0: different picture, and I think he's going to get it. Yeah, I've got it now. Who is she? It's
1: that girl from Birds of Prey.
0: Not Black Canary. Not Black Canary. Daughter of Black Canary. Although, at the same time, that dashes my hopes for a Birds of Prey reunion in Crisis. Why why
1: not? I mean, different Earth. She's in the show. She can play another
0: character. She could do. It would just. Look, uh, how many
1: Laurel Antes have we seen? true. They're not all laurel Lance though. Well they're all from different areas. You've got a good one, you've got a bad one, one dies, but don't worry there's another one there.
0: Oh okay, I, for a minute there I really thought you were gonna say to me that you thought that the, the Black Canary we've got now, which is Dino, is another Laurel.
1: No, I'm just meaning, you know, we just replace them, don't we?
0: <laughs> this is true, this is true.
1: Oh no, they've died, don't worry. we we'll this phone up Earth 24, they've got one on standby.
0: <laughs> alright, alright, before you go down a multiverse black hole, We'll move on from Batwoman, shall we? And I'll actually—I'm going to throw it over to you to talk to us about a comic book. Well, you're in for a treat, now.
1: So I'm going to talk about something I don't normally talk about very much on these podcasts or mention really, just to, just to shake it up a bit, really.
0: Do tell me more.
1: So I'm going to talk about the the current Teen Titans run.
0: Oh, really? That's not like you at all. No. What would you like to tell us about Teen Titans? So this, is this the most recent issue? This is the most recent issue. Can
1: we have some, some context? What number? So it's number 30. So this brings to a close the Terminus saga, which is the crossover with Deathstroke, because we know we love the Teen Titans to crossover with Deathstroke. Yep. And um, This has been a really interesting... Uh, Can we been... call him Slade? No. <laughs> so this run has been written by Adam Glass. You may know him from other things, such as... Uh, Supernatural, he was a writer on Supernatural. Was in the TV series? Uh, yes, the TV series. He's also done some other random stuff like Criminal Minds. Oh, he's a TV writer though? Yeah, he does, he's done some TV stuff. He's done some... Lots of other comic stuff as well. So he's done some stuff with Marvel. So he wrote Deadpool. done a bit of Luke Cage. And he's also... You may have known him from Suicide Squad and
0: New 52. Ah, okay. I'm just looking at his IMDb. So he's a producer on Supernatural. Uh, oh, it is, a, and a writer as well. Wow. Okay. That's cool. That's an interesting bit of crossover between different genres.
1: Yeah. So, so like I said, he's a writer and you've got Bernard Chang as the artist. And I'm going to say this wrong. Marcelo Miado is doing colours along with Hi-Fi.
0: Ah, uh, good old Hi-Fi.
1: So this is an interesting take on the Titans. So in this sort of in the sort of the rebirth run, we've had a change in Titans quite drastically. Different just, lineup. Or? So a completely different lineup. So after the events of sort of un, not Unjustice, what was the, the Justice League time where they all go and the Source wall gets broken down? And stuff. Oh, um, New Justice. So no Justice. No Justice. That was it. So after the events. That's of. Poor memory. Of, that only just happened. Bad. It's been a very long day. So, after the events of No Justice, we sort of saw a change in this, in the current lineup of Team Titans. So, it was a very classic lineup. We had a bit of Raven, we had yep. Starfire, we had Robin. But and now it's Damien Robin, isn't it? It's Damien Robin, yep, so it's a very different dynamic. So, this lineup is very, very different. Um, so, we've got again, so it's headed up by Damien, so it's his team. We've also got Emiko as Red Arrow. Oh, really? Yes. We have got uh, Wally West as Kid Flash. But not the Wally West from Heroes in Crisis, because he's not our Wally West. No, he's, yeah, different yeah. one. So this is our Wally West. as Yeah. It gets very... Yellow suit, Wally, not red suit, Wally. gets very tiny, whimy, speed forcey. And um, Who else have we got? So we've got a couple new characters. So we've got Dijin, who is a thousand-year-old genie. Oh, cool. We've got a new guy called Roundhouse, who's got some, like, weird almost like elasticy type powers and then we've also got Crush who is Lobo's daughter
0: oh okay I've not read anything with Lobo's daughter in yet
1: so it's quite an interesting dynamic um, and it's, a, it's been an interesting sort of so I, I've quite liked this series because it links in with Red Hood as well yeah um, so we've got this sort all of, of your
0: favourite corners of the DC universe
1: are all coming together so Damien's sort of working with Jason on the sly to try and take down the others, so this criminal okay. organization that we're trying to take—they're uh, trying to take down—and the way, and the so Damien's thing is that he thinks the justice system's broken, Batman's got it wrong, yeah. and he's going to fix it. Hmm. So we've been sort of building up to this terminus agenda where every bad guy that the Titans have taken down, Damien's locked him up himself. So the, so Damian and Emma Co have got their own little secret prison in the basement of. Tower. It's not Titans Tower, Aww. so we're in a we're in a lockup somewhere, um, an old an old Batman lockup, and all the villains are just sort of chained to a wall in the basement. Oh, okay, that sounds like a dark place. So we've got Black Mask, uh, you've got Brother Blood. They're all chained to a wall, basically. And then Damien's got this sort of thing where he must take down Slade. He's got to take down Slade. And we're not really sure why. Who's he got to take down? to take down Slade. (coughs) Slade. And we're not really sure why because they've not really had any connections. So because of the classic Teen Titans, they've got very clear connections, whereas this lot, they don't really have any connections. But they're kind of pinning it down on the others. It's all about the others. Okay. And then even then, when they do catch him, Slade's a bit like, Slade. Sorry, I'll stop doing that. He's a bit like, watch your beef with me? Why do you want to come and get me? And Damien's like, well, you know, I've got to take you down. And then we get to see some flashbacks to him. And his training with Rish and his mummy issues as well.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So being it's kind of been quite an interesting run. So long story short, I don't know if you, you're probably spoilerific, but, you know, we end sort of the terminus agenda with Emiko killing Slade, or as we imagine, killing Slade so it's just really well we don't know because then it then says to be concluded in Deathstroke
0: um, and the series isn't coming to an end as far as I know so yeah no.
1: oh. so he, I'm sure it'll be fine um, and then it'd be the, the rest of the Teen Titans find out that they've had a secret prison underneath the base and it all just oh
0: falls apart really. a bit of a paradigm shift
1: again yeah but it's quite an interesting concept because the, the Terminus agenda was essentially the almost like the last stand really so if the prisoners were to escape what, X-Men 3 yeah <laughs> so if the prisoners were to escape, then um, Damien had them dosed with some chemical, and if they left the building and breathed normal air, they would all die. Mm-hmm. And it all became this whole thing where Slade, Slade was trying to prove to Damien that I restrained myself. I didn't in. say it. Yeah. Ooh. So very interesting. If you're a Teen Titans fan, I would recommend it.
0: What about the artwork? I'm looking at it on your iPad and it looks quite cartoony in a way.
1: It is quite cartoony. I'm not, um, yeah. It's not Not my favourite artwork, but I'm not hating it. It
0: doesn't look too, I I say cartoony, but it's not like kidified cartoony. So I'm looking at a panel now with Damien's Robin that's like a splash down the side with panels behind him. And it's actually really cool. His costume's really funky. That's been upgraded since the last time I saw him in anything. So he has got these like cool new shoulder pads and stuff in there as well. Yeah, I was going to say, the shoulder pads are quite new. That would be some good cosplay right there. I actually really like this. It looks quite cool. I might have to read this. It's got like a slightly animated series tie-in type vibe about it. But at the same time, it's enough of its own thing that it doesn't look like it's trying to copy someone else's art. I quite, I quite like the look of that. That looks really cool. Yeah,
1: i might like jump into it. I mean, I would say well it depends how far back you want to go really you can go back to the, the sort of the classic rebirth lineup, or you can jump in have you seen practice. my slate of
0: comics do I look like I've got room for anything else no that's true I'm sure you're <laughs> fit it in what would you give it on a scores out of 10 then so I would probably give this
1: uh probably an 8 out of 10 for this little run because it's quite an interesting I mean I've I've found it hard to sort of develop a bond with these characters because they're not a a usual Titan. They're not your Titans. They're not my Titans. Um, But they are filling a Titans gap considering the older Titan series is
0: now finished. Are these the Titans you deserve, not the Titans you need? Well, this is the question.
1: But you know, I quite like it. So they're starting to develop and they're starting to sort of become a little bit more... There's a lot more drama between them. Lots of sort of... There's a bit of a love triangle. There's secrets. There's fighting. It's pretty much everything you want, really. (coughs)
0: Very good. And where can we pick up this awesome sounding arc? And all good comic shops, obviously, and probably comiXology. That's what I normally say in my reviews. I say it can be bought where all good comics are sold. <laughs> or comiXology, if you're a digital person, which is also a good place to buy comics. So before we get to our little chat on this week's episode of Doom Patrol, we want to remind you that we have a competition running at the moment through to the uh, 19th of May we've got a copy of the limited edition gift set blu-ray of Justice League versus the Fatal Five to give away. It's got a little action figure of Starboy in there and digital copy, blu-ray, obviously all the usual spiel. Uh, It's only open to UK residents at this point in time because shipping is far too expensive for us low-level internet celebrities. Uh, To enter the competition all you've got to do is go over to our Twitter there's a little competition tweet that's there. If you uh, retweet that, make sure to follow us and also use the hashtag, which is Gyco J L V F F. So G Y C O J L V F F. Get it? Get your comic on, Justice League versus Fatal Five. Uh, very clever. I thought you just spell Geico wrong. How?
1: We well, I just picked up J L. That's not your spell.
0: No, Geico J L F F. You have to have a witty hashtag to go with these competitions.
1: Get those hashtag entries <laughs> in.
0: Thanks. Doom Patrol this week, it was a penultimate episode, ironically called Penultimate Patrol. This follows on from where the team decided to galvanise together and go on one final run to find the chief. Let's have a little listen to the trailer for this one. But you're not. You're just a nobody. And that's what you'll always be.
1: This moment is beautiful and necessary, and I hate to interrupt.
0: If stupidity were a superpower, you would be goddamn super. I watched this episode on the train to work this morning, and it was slightly awkward. Yes, as did I, but I'd just like to say that I get a later train than you, so you could have warned me. I thought I did warn you. No, you didn't. I quite clearly sent you a text that said, that was a really good episode of Doom Patrol. By the way, there's boobies.
1: (laughs) Well, I just thought it was Doom Patrol, so last week we had, you know, killer butts running around the place. It could have meant anything to me.
0: Oh, sorry. You could have said that, you know, there's some graphic adult content. (laughs) I loved this episode. I thought this was really funny. This was not where I expected it to go. I had to apologise to the old lady sitting next to me. I was like, Really? I'm sorry, madam. (laughs) Brendan Fraser is just screwing the nanny.
1: Yeah.
0: To (laughs) turn the brightness down on my screen. (laughs) Uh, So, Danny the Street was back in this episode. What did you think of his return to the Doom Patrol? I do like a bit of Danny the Street, actually. As crazy and wacky as it is, I I do enjoy it. It's amazing to see how they managed to take something like that, which is a... Dude, out there enough in a comic book form, and put it in live action. When you think about you know, like, it's so easy to take Batman from a comic book and stick him in a TV show. It's easy to take like Elastigirl and superpowers like that. But to take like this weird living street and manage to make it work in live action is just I don't know how they managed it, but they did it so well. I would agree. It was quite a funny scene as well. The...
1: Well, when my towel flexes the wrong muscle?
0: Yes. <laughs> I had to figure out for a minute what was going on, and I thought that was all part and parcel of what he was trying to do. I hadn't realised that he'd flexed the wrong muscle.
1: But then I was quite glad for him, because, you know, it's a good sort of stress reliever before they go
0: into a big battle. It was, it was. <laughs> although it wasn't particularly a big battle. But we'll get to that one in a minute. Uh, highlights from you for this episode? So it would have to be...
1: Down the street? Yep. And getting, and when they're all sort of in their Doom Patrol costumes.
0: Yes, we did get to see them in the costumes from their episode of Titans.
1: And it felt very much like we were there because then Larry was making breakfast. Yeah. He was all like, i make pancakes.
0: They were the functioning Doom Patrol for the first time this season.
1: Yeah, I quite like that.
0: And low lights, low I points. I don't think there was any to be
1: honest with you. I really enjoyed this episode. Okay, what were your
0: highlights? Anything with Rita? Yes, I do love. She's a bit of Rita. really like largely in charge at this point. Bit of wobbly leg at one point.
1: Yeah, I've grown to love the leg.
0: Clearly, when she has a happy moment, her legs go a bit like jelly. Oh, just Man. the one, though. Just the one. <laughs> also, I think highlight for me would be seeing all of them. I know I can't remember what it was. What did they all say? There was that one line that they all said. So to give, sorry, to give you a bit of context, uh, when they they go into the white space and they obviously all uh, relive their defining moment before they became who they are now and they all decide that they're not going to go along with it, what did they all say? Did they all say, like, I'm not going to... What was it? I'm going to have to look it up. Entertain the viewers at home for a moment. I think maybe they all just said, like, F you or something. There was just, there was like a... There was a really strong moment where each one of them just said, like, I'm not going to do this, and broke out of that horrible little moment that they were stuck in and decided that they were going to be the hero. And then that leads to my other highlight moment, which is when Rita becomes the narrator. <laughs> oh, I did love a bit of Rita. Larry took a bit of a backseat this week. He's he's had a bit of, he's had most of the spotlight, you know. I suppose, Yeah. yeah. They shared it all quite equally which was nice which kind of goes with that equilibrium that they're a team now I suppose, that they each got to share it equally between them I said the word equal and share quite a lot in that sentence, very sorry
1: Uh, They did get to share, because you haven't got me doing it now Yeah, so they all got to sort of jail together and then come together to take down Mr Nobody and I really would have loved it if it was that easy Oh really? Yeah, because it would just sum up the
0: series in a heartbeat 14 weeks of chasing around to just go... Pop. Gone. You got a booyah moment out of Cyborg. I did. I did enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then you got that final moment, which was quite tough, really. The twisty moment. Because it really built you up, and you were like, yes, they're a team, yes, they're in their costumes, yes, they're now who they were when we saw them in Titans. Like you just said, Larry's making the breakfast. And it's like, yes, yes, everyone's coming together. And then... They're stuck in a time loop, and they're actually stuck in the white space. And then, twisty McTwisterson, it's all the Chief's fault. But I think, you know, I think that's going to be something well, else. as far as we are concerned, and this cliffhanger is concerned, the Chief is the reason that they all ended up with the abilities that they now have.
1: There'll be something around that.
0: I'd be interested to know how he manipulated, like, Cliff. So... Rita, you could almost get it. He maybe put something in the water, whatever. Larry, he exp- he captured the creature somewhere and exposed Larry to it, or something along those lines. But how did he manipulate Cliff to get drunk and drive his car? That's. I'm going to be. It's going to be interesting to see how they dis- describe describe he's involved with each one of them. Yeah, yeah. And how did he create the 64 personalities in Jane, or how did he bring about the situation which caused it?
1: Because we we know how he was involved with Vic now.
0: Yes. Because he helped his dad make the decision. decision. So we were right all along. That wasn't the real footage. That footage was edited.
1: I was kind of hoping that his dad was going to be the one that caused the explosion.
0: Not just like, oh, you yeah. know, I came to choice. you or your mum.
1: We she through. was alive. Yeah. That, to me, that didn't seem like that was almost like a no-brainer. That's like a normal apparent thing we do
0: harsh well
1: no I mean it is really harsh but you think well you know that's really you know, in a TV programme like that if it yeah. came down to sort of like a dying parent versus a dying child at the same time but there was only one magical suit that you'd always pick them, child not the parent they'd all be like oh give it to baby Joe or whatever yeah you know, I've lived my life that's just normal that's just good TV yeah but to have a dad then manipulate the memories because he accidentally killed her that, that would have been good TV
0: hmm yeah, it would have actually Looking forward to next week, we now know that the finale is not called Final Patrol, which I all along I presumed that it would be called Final Patrol, but it's actually called Ezekiel Patrol.
1: Ah, uh, yes, Ezekiel.
0: The Cockroach. So I'm wondering what he's going to have to do with the whole thing. For a minute, because I saw that title before we'd seen this episode, I thought it was going to turn out that actually he was the big bad pulling the strings. Because <laughs> that would be quite interesting. Behind Mr Nobody is a talking cockroach.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past it. I quite like the introduction of the League of Doom.
0: Yes, yes. And the uh, French-speaking intelligent gorilla. Yes, and the brain. And the brain, yeah. Some good connections to the wider DC universe in this one. No. Yeah, it's
1: quite good because we've already seen that in the earlier episodes where we go and see the original Doom Patrol because the brain's yes, in there, tube was in there.
0: That, yeah. No mention of any Justice League members this week. No Batman reference.
1: But we got a Hawkman reference.
0: Oh, yeah, there was, wasn't there? Yes. The connections are all there. Fine. I haven't reviewed this one yet because I still haven't reviewed the last couple of episodes. I need to write down my thoughts because I've been too busy focusing on talking about them. I reckon I'd give this one a 8.5 out of 10. Oh, 8.5. It's not quite a 9. No, I'd probably give it an 8. Yeah. It's a good one. I'm excited for the finale. And it's good to see that they learnt from Titans. I don't know, you're going you're gonna to say this to me, you're going to go, well, they cut off an episode at the end of Titans. But there really is quite a strong narrative that's built through this whole season and you can feel it build towards this finale, whereas I, th- I still think that Titans went into their final couple of episodes without much of a story. Yeah, but then they dropped the last episode, didn't they? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like they would have built a, a strong narrative if they had one more episode. Alright, alright. But they right. dropped it, so you know, that was
0: their own fault. Any final thoughts before we wrap up for this week? On Doom Patrol or just in general? Oh, well, Doom Patrol first.
1: Um. No, just excited for next week. Or this week, even. Yeah, not one to go now. Although I don't know when we'll find time to watch it, because it's a very busy
0: weekend ahead. you've just jumped to my next point. Uh, I've segued into your next point, I'll have you know. Fair enough. Yeah, so the next time you hear from us, we will be, well actually, there's two ways this is going to go. So uh, if we have time, then we will record our thoughts on Aladdin and a couple of stories from this week, which we'll release over the weekend, because this weekend we're actually going to be at MCM London Comic Con. So we will be pretty busy Friday, Saturday and Sunday and then the following week we'll bring you an MCM special with lots of what we saw, who we met, who we talked to. If you happen to see us, come up and say hi, we want to talk to cosplayers and as many people as possible and get your thoughts on MCM and Comic Cons in general and just chat all geekiness. So if you happen to be around London this weekend, it's at the Excel Centre. Weekend tickets have now sold out but there are still priority tickets and day tickets. We'll be there Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be a long old weekend, but it should be pretty fun. And if you come and say hi, you might even get a badge. Oh, you might get a badge, or you might get a sticker, because we have got some Geico stickers to give away. You might even get both, depending on your channel. Don't forget, there's two types of badge too. You can have uh, you can have a logo, or you can join the Super Friends gang, which is only for the bestest of the bestest fans. I feel like you've got to be almost like a
1: subscriber on all platforms to get a Super Friends <coughs> badge.
0: All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Taking a bit too far. Oh. If you can come up with a quote from the podcast Then we'll give you a Super Friends badge Yeah that's interesting right? yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, If you so, can give us a quote On what Neil thinks the, the parade item in a certain Batman film was Then you can have a Super Friends badge
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay So until next time thank you very much for listening I have been Neil I have been Martin And we'll see you next time Bye, Bye. Sleep. Sleep.